Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. I want to read with you uh, our base scripture. What, what's going to be our base scripture for the next four weeks? I want you to grab your Bibles and go to the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter 16 should be uh, toward the middle of your Bible. Psalm chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, share with the person you're next to. Psalm chapter 16. Some people like to call it Palm chapter 16. You can call it that as well. Come on, as you're going there, can you look at the person you're sitting next to and tell them, I am so glad to be sitting next to you this morning. <laughs> look at the person on the other side and say, you look better than you did two weeks ago. Ask them if they ate all the hurricane food that was stored up. <laughs> I love this service. Come on, everybody glad. I love it. You guys sound electric. Worship sounded powerful. Come on, I love our church. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Verse 11, we're going to put it up on the screen. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up behind me as well. In fact, if we can put it up, why don't we all read it together? Can we all read it together? It's three lines. Let's all read it together out loud in one voice. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Beautiful scripture. In fact, I want you to underline it, highlight it, circle it. It's the one that we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, four weeks as we talk about our spiritual journey, you make known to me the path of life. God shows us the right way. God shows us the path of life. And in that path, we have joy because in that path is God's presence. And I believe that's what he has for each of us. God has a path for us. David, he discovered the path. God showed him the path. And this is what I believe. I believe that in the next four weeks, God wants to show us the path. He wants to make sure we're all on the right path toward him. And in that path, there's pleasures forevermore with God. The next four weeks are going to be extremely vital. This is what I'm asking our entire church, three locations, six different services, each and every single one of us. I'm asking us to commit the next four weeks to come into the house. Right? We're taking about 65, 70 minutes in every service. I don't want to take a lot of your time. You know, you can go watch the Dolphins lose and make sure you get home on time. But <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe not, uh, but, but I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be quick, but, but commit the next four weeks and say, I'm going to find out what my spiritual journey is. God, what is this path of life that you have for me? At Calvary, we've tried to uh, verbalize it in four easy terms. This is what I believe is God's path for our life. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up in four easy terms, and this is what we're talking about each week. We can put up the terms. Is this reach, help, teach, release. Reach, help, teach, release. We believe that first we need, we need to reach the God that has reached down to us. Come on, somebody. We need to know him. The second one is, is help. God wants to help us in our personal lives. Now, that's done through community. We need to connect into community. That's, that's a path in our spiritual journey. God wants to help us, and then he wants to teach us to discover our purpose. Come on, somebody. You're, you got a purpose and a gifting and a calling, and I think ultimately God's will is that he wants to release us to make a difference in our world. Today, today we're going to begin with the first step, first step in what's next in our spiritual journey. Today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Today, we're going to talk about reach. 
that all will know God. Reach. We're going to talk about knowing God. Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our head, let's pray. I ask that God would bless this time together, and then we'll begin the message. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for this community, this family, this church, Calvary, across three different locations, Kendall City, West Kendall. Thank you for this family. Thank you that you're taking us on this journey starting today. And together we're going to grow and get to know you better. And, and God, I believe we're going to find joy and pleasures forevermore in your path of life. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the incredible things that you're doing through each and every single person and dream team. And God, we love you so, so much. Speak to our hearts today. If anybody came in discouraged, down, pick up their head, encourage them. Holy Spirit, you begin to heal even right now. We love you, Jesus. We give you this service. And uh, we pray for a miracle. I don't know how the Dolphins are going to beat the Ravens, but we pray for a miracle today for the Miami Dolphins. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say Come on, all of God's people say Come on, can you give Jesus a big hand? Come on, Kendall Campus. Come on. I, I think... I think there's a lot of people that say they know a whole lot. Like you'll bring up a topic, you'll bring up business, finance, sports, people, and there, there are some that will come across as like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all about it. Anybody know somebody that, that always knows a whole lot about everything? Come on, does anybody know people like that? They always have something to say. If they're here, don't point at them, but... <laughs> But here's what I believe. I believe there's a difference between knowing and knowing. Right? Like, there's a difference between knowing and knowing. There's a big difference. You can know about something, but it's different when you know that. I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I thought I knew Diana when I first started to meet her. I knew Diana, but then I got to know Diana. <laughs> Listen. 2008, it was the year 2008, let's go back, 2008, 2008, I was in my old church serving on Dream Team, and we had a young adults group, right, that's, once you pass youth group, they had a young adults group, 19 and up, and I was serving there on Dream Team in my old church, and we had a big group of friends, and I had the time of my life there, it was amazing, and I had this friend, we had a mutual friend called Ceci, Ceci's awesome, and to this day, she's amazing, I love Ceci, and, and Ceci knew that I was single and looking because you can be single but not looking and so we're trying to teach some of the young men here like you can wait on God but you got to do something too can I get an amen I was single and looking some people are like how come God hasn't given me my wife yet well you're not looking what I mean by looking you got to shave you got to shower you got to brush your teeth come on you got to put some cologne on can I get an amen been single for four years Alex what's going on you haven't brushed your teeth in four years that'll help that's a different message. Okay, so I was single and looking. She knew, and so she started telling me about her friend Diana from work. She's like, I love Diana. Oh, my God, I have this coworker. She's amazing. And she started showing me pictures of Diana, and I'm like, oh, my God, nice. Yeah, your coworker. She looks nice. And I'm trying to bring her to church, and I'm like, you should. You should bring her to church. And started telling me all about Diana, showing me pictures. And I, I feel like I got to know a little bit about Diana. And uh, one time, all of us are hanging out, and she called Diana on speakerphone. She's like, I need to call Diana about something about work. Would you like to talk to her? And I said, yes, I would. And she called Diana and put Diana on speakerphone, and we talked for a little bit. And I can tell she was on the phone like, oh, my God, this is Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, talked, <laughs> we talked for a little bit, and 
And then we became friends on MySpace. Anybody remember MySpace? Come on. We became friends on MySpace, and I had the best profile. We all knew coding back then, right? I had the best. I'll thank God for Tom forever, because that's how I met Diana. We, we actually started talking through MySpace, and she would send me messages. I'll send her messages. I like the song on your profile, and I like the song on her profile, and we would talk about it, and I would see her pictures, and I was a looking, and I was a liking, right? Like, I'm okay. I got to know, I feel like I got to know her. I got to know, I got, to, I saw what she looked like. Saw, I remember her mom, this is my mother-in-law, by the way, who's absolutely amazing. And, and I got to like just know about her life. And I was like, okay, awesome. I got to talk to her several times, speakerphone with my friend. And I'll never forget, one Friday night, Ceci says, hey, um, Diana's finally coming to church uh, on Friday night. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And I remember... I was sitting in the front row, right here, right where you are, man. I was sitting in the front row. My old church, similar to this, I was in the front row, second seat, and we have, a, we have an auditorium where there was a side entrance. A lot of people come in through the side, and I'm sitting there with my best friend, and Diana comes in. As soon as I see her, I tell my best friend, that's the girl I'm going to marry. I knew it. As soon as I saw her for the first time in person, I said, that's the girl I'm going to marry, and that's the girl I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. And uh, she was drooling all over me. It was, gonna, it was bound to happen. <laughs> But my heart started to beat a little bit faster, and I started to get a little bit nervous. And I'm just like, there's a difference between knowing about somebody than really getting to know that somebody. Big, big difference. You can know somebody, or you could know somebody. I needed to get to know Diana as a person. I got, I got a question for us, church, as we begin this series today, and as we begin week one of what's next, a spiritual journey that we're all on. Do we really know God. Like, do we know him? I think a lot of us, if you're like me, you grew up in church, or maybe you've been in church for a number of years already, or sometime, we, we know about God, we've heard about God, we, we got a little bit of a grip on the Bible, and we think we know, but, but do like, we really know God? Let's ask that question, let's all be honest today, and say, do I really know God? Because there is a difference between knowing and knowing God. I can know about God, or I can really know God. G Jesus used this word when he talked about the Father. He used this particular word. In fact, Paul, when he's writing the New Testament, 13 letters in the New Testament, he uses this particular word, and the word is no. The word is no. Now, our New Testament, we read it in English, but originally it was written in Greek, and the word they used for the word no is the word gnosko, gnosko. Now, in Greek, the word gnosko literally means to know intimately. Gnosko. That's why in Spanish we say yo te conozco, right? So, right? We bring it from this word, yo te conozco. It's to know somebody like for real. In fact, they would use this word often when a husband and wife were intimate and they would conceive a child. Like they got to know each other. They were close, 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 right? And Jesus comes on the scene and Jesus is like, I know the Father, and the Father knows me. And he knows you. And you can know him too. Now, now that, not, that may not be a shock. When Jesus said gnosko to them, it was a shock to them. They were like, <gasps> like, know God? How do you know God? How can we know God like that? Because to them, God was big. God was far God was distant. God was up there and we're down here. God was holy and we're bad. God was great and we're sinners and broken and we can never get that close to God. 
right? And so some of us, we may be in here today, and this is probably how we feel. Like, God, man, he doesn't want to know me. I'm so messed up. I'm so broken. He, know, he knows what I was doing last night. He, he knows what I did last week. He knows what I did last month. Like, he, he knows my mess, so he doesn't want to know me. God must be upset at me. God must be mad at me. And so we come into a setting like this, and it's hard for us to worship, and it's hard for us to think about God this way because all we think is God is up there. We're down here. He's holy. We're not. But Jesus comes on the scene, and he's like, no, no, no. God wants to know you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He sent me to tell you, you can have a relationship with him. Come on, you can gnosko with the father. You can know the father close. You can know him, right? And so a lot of us, what we've been doing is that we've reduced the Christian life to doing stuff for God instead of knowing the God that we're doing stuff for. And Jesus, we think that relationship with God and we think that eternal life is doing all these things. Jesus is like, no, that's not what eternal life is based on. In fact, look at what he says in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many to me on that day will say, Lord, Lord, in your name did we not prophesy. And in your name we drove out demons. And in your name we performed many miracles. God, I did all these things for you. God, I went to Calvary Church. I went to Kendall West and City Campus. <laughs> God, I did Grow Track. God, I, I connected when it was Connect Group Sunday. God, I did all these things. I gave my tithings, my offerings. I gave. God, I did, did, did. And look what Jesus answers. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. And he uses the word gnosko. I didn't know you close. Because God is not into a list of things for us to do. All those things are important. That's great. We should do them. But that's not what determines eternal life. God is not into religion. God wants relationship. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to hear that today. God is not looking for religion. He's looking for relationship. I want you to take something away. It's that today. He wants a relationship with you. And he wants a relationship with me. He's not looking for religion. He's looking for relationship. Jesus says it again just so that people understand what he's trying to say. A bunch of Pharisees come up to him because the disciples are washing their hands in an incorrect manner. In Matthew chapter 15, they come up to Jesus and they say, hey, how come your disciples, they got it all wrong? Why do your disciples break the tradition of our answers that do not wash their hands before they eat? There was a certain way you had to wash your hands. You had to do it right. And, he's, and, and the, the Pharisees are saying, your disciples are doing all these things wrong. And look how Jesus responds. Jesus literally, like, basically he's like, are you crazy? Like, are you for real? Look, like, he answered him, well, why do you break the commandment of God because of your tradition? Like, you're doing all these things right? But you're breaking the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so you know, a lot of us, we could do a whole lot of things right, but we don't know, can no school this God. And look what he says in Luke chapter 15, I mean Matthew chapter 15, a few verses down, 6 through 8, he says this, You nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be known like that. And we would say we know a lot about God, but we don't know him. We don't gnosko God. 
Do we, do we, do we know God like that? Do we gnosko? Christianity is not about a bunch of duties. And I feel like we've reduced it to that sometimes. Like, I'm going to church. I'm going every Sunday. Even if the Dolphins play at one. <laughs> oh, I've given my offerings. I've given my tithes. I already did grow track. I'm already on dream team. Can I tell you, Christianity is not about a bunch of duties and things to do. Christianity is about being in love with the God who first loved us. Come on, he's the God who reached down into this earth by the son Jesus. Oh, come on, he sent his only begotten son. He reached down to me and he reached down to you so that today we can reach up to him. We are in love with God because he first loved us. Come on, somebody, give God a big hand for that. Come on, if you're glad that you have a God, that reach down to you. Come on. And so, so my, my question today as we start this series is, are we missing out on knowing God this way? Gnosko, are we missing out? David, David, David's found the key. David writes something so beautiful in, in Psalm chapter 16. Da David's like, you've shown me the path of life. Oh, in this path of life, I have joy in your presence and at your right hand there's pleasures forevermore he's talking about a path that god has shown him the message which is not a real translation but it paraphrases it for us to understand says oh god you've shown me the right way you've shown me the right way and it says this now i have joy and a radiant face because of you come on anybody want a radiant face Anybody want to walk around with a radiant face? I'm not talking about because of Greece. I'm talking about you because of the glory of God on our face. Come on. His love, his peace, his joy, because I'm on the right path. A lot of us, we confuse joy with happiness. I think the world is after happiness, right? We try to get, like, we try to find happiness. I try to get money, and maybe that'll bring me happiness, a relationship. That'll bring me happiness. But happiness is temporary. Like the Dolphins beat the Ravens today, and you'll be happy for a little bit. But when the Patriots lose, then you're going to be sad. <laughs> like, happiness is temporary. Joy is something on the interior that it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes against your life. I got joy on the inside, and nothing can take it. Come on, I got joy in my soul, and this weather won't take it. My finances won't take it. My health can't take it. I got joy on the inside because I have God on the inside. I don't have happiness. I have joy. Come on, I'm complete. I got joy on the inside. Come on, somebody. Joy doesn't come from having a lot. Joy comes from having God. And when I have God, I'm complete. Oh, I may lack a whole bunch of stuff, but I got joy because I have God. I've been in Africa and I met pastors over there that don't even have shoes or places to live, but they got joy on the inside. David says, I have joy in your path because I'm in your will. So many people ask about the will of God. What is the will of God? It's being in his path and in his presence. Alex, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Get in his path, get in his presence, and you'll be in his will. I think a lot of us, we're missing out on what God has for us. We can't figure out this path because we lack vision. What is this path? I don't have clarity. And, and what we're trying to do is bring clarity over the next four weeks. The whole entire pastoral team over the next four weeks, we want to help. We, we're not better than anybody. We're kind of like just tour guides, just trying to help you out in the journey that God has shown us, right? And, Look what Proverbs says, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. In other words, when you don't have a picture of what God wants to do with your life, you'll live however. You'll cast off restraint. I'm going to do whatever I want to do because I don't have a picture of the path that God has for me. 
I like the way the message paraphrases it. Paraphrases it this way. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If you don't know the path, you're going to stumble. And a lot of people are, are mad because they're stumbling. The problem is not that you're stumbling. The problem is that you don't have a vision. That's the bigger problem. But then it says, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. Right there, basically what he's saying is you're fulfilled. You got joy on the inside. When you have a vision, and I really believe that as we're starting this series, what the enemies try to do is he's tried to live people, that people will live this less than life. You know, you know, I really believe he's trying to rob us of everything God has for us. He really has. Like the enemy has robbed us so much of our peace, of our joy. He's taken from relationships. He's taken from our finances. He's taken from the light that we're supposed to have, Jesus, inside. And, and I really believe a lot of us, we've been getting robbed by the enemy. In fact, this is what Jesus says in John 10, 10. He says, well, the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so a lot of us, we've been getting robbed by the enemy. And, and we're not living the life that we're supposed to be living. But Jesus said, but I've come so that they may have life and life to the full. Come on, somebody. Anybody want life to the full? A most blessed life, a life full of joy. I'm, I'm fulfilled. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes at me. I'm fulfilled on the inside. I know God. I'm, I'm on the path, and I got the presence of God, and I'm radiant by his glory because I know him, and he knows me. I can no score with God. Right, and has the enemy been robbing us? When the enemy's robbing us, we, we can feel it in our life. I'll, I'll give you three quick signs that I think that we feel when the enemy's robbing us and when we don't have this relationship with God, right? When he's robbing us, number one, we sense this like powerlessness in our life. We feel powerless. I, I feel like I don't have enough strength to overcome things in my life. And when, we don't, we're, not, when we're not having gnosko with God, when we don't know God in this way, we feel like our strength is gone and I, I can't overcome this addiction. I can't overcome this habit. I can't overcome this sin in my life because I, I feel powerless. Well, you feel powerless because you don't have the God of power in your life. All of us are, are weak. All of us can't overcome a number of things in our life. But when you're in a relationship with God, when you're having gnosko with God, when you know him, when you're close to God, oh, come on, the God of power is living inside of you. And in my weakness, he becomes my strength. Come on, I got power on the inside. And I may fail today, but I'm not going to fail forever. I got God and I can stand up because I got gnosko with the Father. I'm close, and he wants to give us power. Somebody say power. power. Second sign, I think, is frustration. I think a lot of us, we begin to feel frustrated when we don't have this closeness with God because we're trying to do things on our own, and on our own, we'll fail. And you start to get frustrated. In fact, in our relationship with God, we'll start to get frustrated because we think that Christianity is about duties, and when I don't do these things, then God must not love me. And that creates frustration, too. Like, ah, good this week. Didn't get my ties this week. Didn't go to growth track. It was connect week, but I avoided everybody. <laughs> and so we, we feel frustrated because then God must be mad at me. All those things we should do, they're great, but, but you shouldn't feel frustrated by some of your failures because now you're trying to force something that should come out of love. Right? Like, imagine I woke up every day and I had to force myself to love my wife. Woke up in the morning, like, oh, there's Diana again. <laughs> Why did Ceci introduce me to her? I don't know, but <laughs> gotta love her. 
Where do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? I'm off MySpace already. <laughs> but when I'm in love with her, there's no frustration because I wake up and I'm like, hey, babe, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Let's go, right? Because it's born out of love. When love is there with God, it's not force. It's not frustration. It's like, God, I love you. You don't read the Bible for us. You don't worship for us. You don't tithe for us. You, you don't go to grow track for us. You do it because you recognize he loves you and you love him. I think third, the last one, one of the things that we feel is that we feel envy toward others because we're going through difficult moments in our life and we feel like we've lost all our strength and we feel lost and confused. But then we look at people and they look strong and they look like they have it all together. And we're kind of like, how? Because they have gnosko with God. And so when I don't have it and somebody else has it, I can begin to envy other people's relationship. Like, how, how do they have this? Like, Come on, some, some of us, we know people in, in, our own, in our own church, different campuses that have gone through so much, but still they have this joy inside of them. Amen. Come on, some of, us, some of us know people in this church that have gone through divorce, and yet it still has not shaken them. They got joy on the inside. So, some of us, we know people in this house that, that they've been giving like a terminal illness diagnosis, yet it looks like their faith is not shaken and their joy is complete on the inside. Yeah. Come on, we, we've known people in our house that have lost members of their own family and they've gone through grief and loss and still they mourn, but they mourn with hope like the Bible says. And you can look at them and get envious or you can look at it and say, I want to know my God like that. I want to have gnosko with my father that no matter what may happen, I stay with joy and I stay standing firm. Right? How, how, how can we know God this way? How can we do it? I got three, three last things that I want to share with you, and I want you to write these down. Hopefully, this can help you throughout the week, and our prayers that they will, that we would, we would know God, and we would have gnosko with the Father. Alex, how can I know God this way? How can I know my Father? How can I have gnosko with my Father, my Creator? Well, number one, I think we need to see every day. Somebody say see. see. What I mean is that every single day, we need to open up our eyes and and we need to look to God and we need to realize how much he loves us. Realize every single morning. Oh, let it be the first thought when you wake up in the morning. He loves me. He loves me. He's thinking about me. The father loves me. Right? Like he, he loves me. Let it be the last thought when you put your, your head on your pillow at night. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. God is in love with me. Yes, I've messed up. Yes, I've done wrong. But he loves me. He loves me and he's thinking about me. Like God is thinking about, listen, there's somebody in here today, you, you need to know this, he's thinking about you right now. Come on, listen, I, I want you to pay attention. He's thinking about you now. He's not mad at you, he's madly in love with you. Can you see that? Can you realize that? Can you open up your eyes and, and say, God, you love me. Because if we're not careful, life will drag your eyes only to your failures. And all you'll be able to see is, your mistakes, your failures, your mess-ups. I've done so much wrong. And what God wants you to do is to lift up your eyes, lift up your head, and see how much he loves you. He loves you. Yes, you've done wrong. You don't have it all together. But he loves you. He's for you. He's on your side. See, a lot of us, what we think is that we need to get our life together. And we're like, yeah, 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 I'll get no school with God, and I'll get to know God once I get my, my act together. Once I get my life together, then I'll go get with God. But that is so the opposite of what's true. 
You don't get your act together and then get with God. You get with God first to then get your, your, your act together. I go to him and I say, God, I'm broken. I'm messed up. Can you, can you help me? So we need to see each and every single day. Oh, I, I love him because he reached down to me. Oh, I need to look. every single day. Put your eyes on the cross and realize that's where God reached down into humanity. Right in the middle of that cross is where God met humanity. Is where God meets me. And he says, all your failures, all your mistakes, everything that's broken, I paid for it at that cross at Calvary because I reached down because I love you. And if I see that, I'll realize how much God has loved me. Some of us in here, we're struggling to see. You need to open up your eyes and see. And you're wondering how a bunch of us lift up our hands during worship and why we love this God. We only do that because he first loved us. And we're opening up our eyes and we say, we're broken. A lot of us messed up, but, but he loved me. That's why John writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. As we start this journey out together, week number one of our new series, spiritual journey he loves me i need to see that every day not only do you need to see that number two we need to seek him daily oh you you need to pursue god once you realize how much he loves you you need to begin to pursue that god that loves you like like when i first met diana I, i started making time to take her out on dates and and i started bringing her flowers and then i realized she didn't like flowers she liked jewelry she was more expensive and But I started clearing up my schedule. Like, I did everything I can to meet with her and to see her and spend time with her. Come on, some of you remember those days where you were so in love. And you're like, I'll clear up my... You forgot about work. You forgot about friends. You forgot about everything in your life. Because you were on cloud nine. Like, you had beeper. Remember the beeper? Come on, you got one, four, three. I love you too, boo. Right? Like, all that. And you did everything you had to do to make time to be with this person. Are we doing the same with the God that we, we say we love? to know him close are we setting a time setting aside time in our schedule in our calendars in our daily life before we go to facebook instagram when we wake up and check our emails and our texts god i, I want to know you i want to gnosko you i want to be close to you what's my next step in my spiritual journey week one i need to know you i need to seek you i need to i need to pursue you god wants you to seek him all throughout scripture from cover to cover, he's saying, seek me, seek me, come, come after me. I want to know you and I want you to know me, like seek me. Look what he says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. He says, seek me. And when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. You'll find me. Oh, you'll find me and you, you'll see pleasures forevermore. Your heart will be so satisfied. You'll be so fulfilled when you seek him. Listen, we're about to enter the fourth quarter of 2019, how crazy, the year has flown by. You, you know what some of us need to do? Honestly, you know what some of us need to do? Some of us we need to say, God, I'm not playing games with you anymore. I'm done. I'm done playing games. Some of us, we played games for way too long. We've played church games and we've gone halfway with God and God, I'll give you one week and I'll give you another week somewhere down the, the road and yeah, I love you, and I'll talk to you only when I'm in trouble. And I got news for you. God doesn't want to rent your heart. He wants to own your heart. He wants to move in, and he wants to give you satisfaction and fulfillment that nothing else in this world can. When you seek him daily and 
I got news for some of us. This, this is this last quarter of the year. And as we go into 2020, say, God, I want to know you. I'm done. I'm going all in. What we say at Calvary often around here, you'll see, you'll hear a bunch of us talk about it. We'll, we'll say, give God a year of your life and watch what he's going to do. Give him a year. Just give him a year, 365 days for real. Go all in with God. Say, God, I'm going all in with you. I'm going to be the first 15 of my day. The last 15 of my day, I'm, I'm going to get to know you, Gnosko with you. I'm going to a connect group. I'm going to grow track. I'm going to join Dream Team. I'm going to make a difference. God, I'm going to follow the spiritual journey for my life. Give God a year of your life. And I promise you, your life will never, ever be the same again. I'm telling you, it's the best life you could ever have. It's a life full of joy and fulfillment. So we need to see him every day. We need to seek him then daily. And I'll finish with this. This is the last one. I think this is important no matter where you are, whether you've known Jesus for 30 years or barely 30 seconds. How can I know God? It's by every single day surrendering. The third one is surrender. I'm about to finish. I'm going to ask the band to come up. We'll finish with this. But without surrender, you can't know God. Because you can't hold on to your will and at the same time know the Father's will. There, there's some giving up that has to be done. God, I, I give up on my plans. I, I surrender my will. I surrender my dreams, my everything. I thought life was supposed to be a certain way. I thought life was going to go down a certain route. And some of us are still holding on to all those things. And, and you want to know God and God wants to know you, but you're so busy, caught up in everything else. And God's like, give me your life. Give me your life. Surrender it. I reach down so that you can reach up. I'm here. I want to bless you. I want to know you. But it takes a complete surrender. I often say that Diana in my life is like the Holy Spirit in my life. And I think most husbands will say that God uses our wives for discernment and to help us. And I remember one time we were driving and Diana grabbed the GPS, grabbed ways and put the direction of where we were going. And she started telling me which way to go. But I was a little bit hard headed. I was like, I, I know exactly where we're going. I don't need ways. And I'm good, babe. I'm good. Thank you so much. But I'm good. Any husbands like me? Come on. And after about 20 minutes, started looking around and I'm like, hmm, so weird. I think they picked up the building and moved it. Like they, just, they moved it. So weird. It was right here. You know what I needed to do? I needed to surrender. It's not my will. It's not my thoughts. It's not what I think it's right. Come on, there's a father that wants to guide you in the path of life. And in his path is his presence and there's joy, there's fulfillment, and there's pleasures forevermore. Today, maybe, maybe you've gone down your own path and you've realized it always leads to a dead end. I've lived life however I wanted, done whatever I wanted, gone wherever, and I keep finding no satisfaction and no fulfillment. Today, I'm saying, God, I'm going all in. I'm surrendering my life. I give you my will. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my mind. God, I'm going all in. I want to see you every day. I want to seek you every day, each and every single morning. God, I'm surrendering my life to you. And when you do that, oh, the God that reached down, you can reach up and you can gnosko with him. You can know him. Can I get an amen? Come on, let's stand up on our feet all across this place.